Hello, this is Masajati. Welcome to my podcast, Exponential Intelligence. This podcast part of the series, very exciting series, called Live Conversations with Dead People. I just want to clarify some, uh, just a few th- notes, uh, clarifications on what I actually do. Uh, one, I don't channel, I don't channel dead people, I don't channel, channel anybody. Um, so what? So what do I do when I say live conversations with dead people? Um, is that there's a, there's a consciousness that consciousness is timeless. Uh, call it if you will your spirit. I call it your vital force. That vital force again, a consciousness that gets created by an individual from this physical realm that gets created into a timeless realm. It's like a cloud storage, right? So. I have that ability to access that cloud storage of that identity that I'll reveal to you in just a minute. So that's the science behind it. Again, it's very different than what scientists or what um, what religious or spiritual type individuals uh, understand about, say, connecting or channeling or anything like that. Um, by the way, this is the consciousness or this method is used by um, geniuses, uh, inventors, and so on. So where inventions come in, in, like, for example, Tesla or Einstein, whether they believed in God or not, uh, it didn't matter. That consciousness, and they even said it themselves, is that they would connect to something out there. Einstein called it something, something, uh, I forgot what it is, Tesla uh, named it something as well. Uh, So they didn't even know what that was about but that's where all their uh, abilities their great inventions concepts ideas came about so again this consciousness that gets created uh, just like a cloud storage whether you're here physically or not that 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 identity or memory bank if you will is recorded at some level somewhere let's call it a spiritual cloud if you will that's what I do. I access that spiritual cloud of this identity of our very special guest, Freddie Mercury. Freddie, um, and we'll just make it a live conversation, act as if he is actually here. But again, I just want you to note it's his consciousness that is here, not him. Although, uh, and this might get off the subject, but uh, while you're interested, uh, like many of you are, uh, a lot of times what happens is that people who die, and that's why I bring this up, a lot of individuals actually who cross over, who die, they never really awaken to the fact that they're dead, unfortunately, especially with today's medicines and so on, uh, or the way the health system works, especially here in the U.S., what happens is that their life gets terminated. Here, that consciousness say, goes into just a bit higher realm they don't know that they're dead and then they think that they're still alive um, so that consciousness d- starts getting distorted um, because they're there thinking that they're there in real form without a physical body right? uh, and then it affects the family members so so that's why I bring it up but that's a, a that's a side note um, let me um, just take a just a few seconds. Freddie's here already. He's very meticulous, by the way. Uh, that consciousness, very, very meticulous. Uh, everything has to be like perfect in perfection. Not, not of his whole life. 
from what I'm seeing, uh, but in certain aspects of his life. Um, and what he's telling me, and again, he's not really telling me this, but I'm just, as I like go through the, his album or go through his files, his cloud storage, like I, I was talking about, right? You start to say, investigate somebody's life. It's more that way. But again, we'll just turn it into a live conversation because then it flows easier for me, flows easier with that connection with this consciousness that we identify as Freddie Mercury. Now, his Freddie Mercury, obviously not his real name. Um, um, his name is uh, Farouk. Uh, I forgot his last name. Doesn't come through. Uh, and as a note, by the way, I don't get details like names or clothing, or although sometimes I do, because I'm not that type of, of uh, I don't connect in that way. I'm more interested in, say, the patterns. Uh, so, for example, a database example, and then we'll get on to the conversation. So just hold on there, Freddie. Um, is that um, there's like psychics, right? Uh, like the Long Island psychic and so on like that. What they do, and again, it's it's a physical space. I, I connect to a much higher space. What they do is they connect to, say, the contents. Think of it as a database. They would connect to the continent, contents that's stored in that database. Again, more of a physicalness uh, of the database, right? Uh, what I do is I actually connect and start reading the patterns of the database, okay? Or how, say, the function of the data would be stored within that database. So, for example, in this, in, in this example, say you have a telephone format or a social security format. You just type in the numbers, the database would like retrieve it or store it in a social security or telephone number format, right? So, my abilities, again, are more of how the database is designed and not what's stored in the database. Okay? So it's a much higher level understanding because then you get to understand, see the mechanics. And this is where I see patterns in people. That's why I talk about this. This is where I see patterns, not necessarily say exact events, although, it, um, you know, within seconds I can tap into those exact events if a person is needed to jog their memory. But again, for me, it's more efficient to see patterns of how that person's database, so to speak, worked or held its knowledge or information. Okay. So in Freddie's case, jumping back into him now that we get a little information on how I work, is that it's very meticulous, not in all aspects um, uh, of his life, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, in some aspects of his life, very distorted, very me uh, messy, so to speak. Uh, and then the other half of his life, when it comes to music, when it comes to, say, perfection or art or creativity, very, very meticulous, almost like a surgeon uh, from what I'm seeing. Um, quite interesting. Um, by the way, to have like almost a dichotomy uh, of extremes and hence uh, a lot of his life, you would see that extreme as well. Uh, very flamboyant, um, very aggressive, um, very cocky uh, on one side, but then on the flip side, 
which probably not a lot of people probably knew, uh, very quiet, very introverted, very introspective, uh, and actually felt like being alone uh, most often. Uh, and there's a point to that, being alone, because for him, being alone wasn't really being alone. Uh, it was always about having another identity, uh, almost like a twin brother that he would take care of. He's actually very, uh, a very nurturing type uh, individual. So as more information, and by the way, guys, you know, this is like going through files. This is like going through someone's house after they've crossed over. You know, you get to see little aspects here and there, right? So it, it, it comes in uh, kind of spotty, so it's not going to be uh, a linear type progression, but like, oh, I found this over here. Oh, I found this over here. Uh, oh, this file contains this. What, you know, what does this photo album contain? So um, kind of going back into uh, his childhood, uh, since he was the age of, uh, I want to say two or three, very creative. Uh, in fact, so creative that uh, his father kind of got scared from what I'm understanding uh, on how he creative he was. It's almost like when he would look at you, especially his father, maybe a little insecure. Nice man, though, by the way. Um <clears throat> He could look at you and people would feel scared about him. Like he could look at you and then know all the secrets that you were hiding. Okay? Um, so kind of put him off on, say, the wrong foot. Because a lot of times uh, when that happens, uh, and in this case it would happen, it happened to him, is that is that it scares a lot of people. Uh, I get I get. Uh, into that same situation, people look at me and they get a little scared, and then they start to see their reflection, their distortions, uh, their distortions in the pure reflection that I am, because right? I'm a clear mirror for them. Same thing with Freddie. Um, but uh, the difference between Freddie and me is that I'm a pure reflection. What he would do is actually have, say, a sidekick or a friend uh, that would kind of always hung around him since the age of two, three, uh, and th um, yeah, and throughout it's like four, five, and six, uh, they got very, very close. Very, it's almost like an intimate type relationship. And psychologists would go, well, you know, it's like people who um, almost create another, another identity, another personality in their mind, but in, in fact, it's not another personality. Um, it's not uh, an imagination of their mind or anything like that. It literally is, say, another identity. Uh, and they had a lot of fun together. They, they would probably have, uh, they would probably go into, say, different worlds, different aspects, um, different realities, and so on. This is where Freddie really got in tune with rhythm, patterns. Uh, they would go... Uh, they would go into, there's so much information coming in now, um, so they would go into almost like different realities. And within those realities, um, a lot of beautiful shapes, um, by the way, a lot of math involved. Um, was he good in math? He actually was very good in math. Um, so um, a lot of shapes, a lot of colors. Uh, and, and from what I'm seeing is that, um, trying to explain it the best way possible is that um, 
is that these shapes and these colors were not of this physical world. So these shapes and colors would go beyond our threshold, let's say, uh, of perception or visual, say, color scheme, right? Um, and again, I don't know, say, the very, um, the very uh, tiny spectrum of visual light that we can see. Um, when he would go into these other realities, he could actually say expand on that. So right now we see the visual light. We see you know the whole spectrum of colors. You can't say, for example, you can't see another color because you're already seeing all the possible colors. So you can't say create another color. You can identify another color, label it, but again, your eyes see the full spectrum of all the colors that could possibly uh, be here. Uh, but uh, in another realm, say your eye function, the mechanics of your eyes uh, would work differently, like a rabbit's eye or a hawk's eye or even a bee's eye, right? They don't see the same color spectrum as us, so they would see, uh, for example, a bee uh, different colors when they look at flowers, right? Because they're more interested in pollen. Um, so in Freddie's case, uh, and, I'm, uh, and I go a little in-depth on this because it's actually truly amazing. In, in Freddie's case, he could almost see, like, more colors than the human eye could see. Um, he, had, he had trained or... Um, it's kind of like learning, right, to see more of an expansive color. Now, I don't know if he can do that in this physical realm... Uh, but if you had somebody like a, a sidekick, and I'll talk about that sidekick later on, um, um, but amazing abilities to, again, have an expansive, um, more expansive than the human eye, more expansive than the human ear, more expansive. He was very, in this reality, we would call it highly, being highly alert or highly sensitive, but, he, but there's a huge difference. Right? Although we would just label him that way, or psychologists would label him that way, he wasn't. He's he could literally see see more of an expansive um, threshold: vision, hearing, uh, smell. No, he wasn't interested in smells that much. Um, vision, hearing, sensing, sensations, right? um, touch. Yeah, uh, those things were, uh, again, labeled as highly sensitive, uh, but very different. Those literally he would see from another reality. Yeah. Um, actually, it's, uh, for me, it's actually very interesting because, you know, you think we're limited to our human potential here, uh, but then we can even expand upon that uh, human potential. So that's why it really psychs me up to and amazing what what um, he's accomplished uh, or what humans, uh, the potentiality of humans can accomplish because that's what exponential intelligence is all about, right? High performance humans or what I call uh, archetype superhuman. So he would be in that superhuman category. Um, um, oh, so this is the reason why I guess I talk about it, intrigued about it more. Um, from what I'm understanding is that, um, wow, okay. So 
and this is why his mouth structure, his throat structure, his vision, even his hearing acuity is different. So if somebody they did an autopsy on him, they would see that um, they would see that it would be um, um, his structure, uh, his eyes, uh, his nose, his ears, his throat, uh, his vocal cords would be very different. Uh, it's to adapt or to accommodate uh, the expansiveness of 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 what he say saw. So, for example, our eyes uh, again. I don't know the numbers, uh, but a very narrow threshold of frequency, and that's all uh, we've learned. Right now, if you if your eyes, uh, in this case, his vocal cords were say expanded to to say somehow understand say a wider threshold of frequencies then your eyes would function different the um, reason why i bring this up he used this to create say amazing tones uh he had a wide range array or range sorry i'm not a music guy uh he had a wide range or he could yeah his vocal cords were very different actually his throat structure uh, and everything about it was very very different for him again for that reason that I talked about earlier it still amazes me I can't get over it so excuse me if I keep going on and on because it's like a little kid in a candy store it's like holy crap can anybody do this but he's done it um, very exciting so, uh, again, just to recap, um, his vocal cords, or as this, um, yeah, as he grew, his vocal cords, even his um, jaw structure, uh, something about his teeth or whatever, was to accommodate, say, the sounds that he heard from, say, this, this reality that they would go, that he or they would go to. Um, very interesting, very, very adaptive. And that's how, you know, if you think about it, it's, it's just amazing how humans can adapt. Think about it, what they can do or what you could do or what you can create if you had, say, the knowledge or access of what could be possible for you. So, um, And as a note, for those who are, say, sensitive or who have practiced EI to a point where they can look over my shoulders, you could, say, tap into um, a conscious, same consciousness of what we label, say, Freddie Mercury. Um, and by the way, um, I'm going to be answering some of the questions that we've called over or what you've sent in right so um but i just uh, amazed as uh, what else um so throughout his teens um 
is early to, well pre-puberty so and this is another thing too uh is that it's not just his vocal cords his you know jaw structure his hearing his eyes again very different uh different right to adapt um um as you grew obviously this body chemistry was a little different uh, again, not say of this plane. I'm not saying he's alien or anything like that. He's not uh, very human, but again, say that you know, in say in a certain culture, uh, you know, your hands were used quite a bit, right? Over time, you develop say bigger hands, you'd adapt. So the same thing here. He spent more time, uh, say, in another reality. Um, even while he were this like daydreaming, so to speak, he was more of that space of that reality than this reality. So his body, his human body, not anything else, uh, adapted to it. Um, uh, so his sidekick, who is his sidekick, his twin brother, feels like a twin brother. Um, so yeah, uh, he was actually say a twin. Uh, obviously one didn't make it so the twin brother literally was on the other side and they were very close just like say of twin they were connected um, but each one had their own identity so which is very interesting and this is what makes it different most individuals say who run this pattern, right? You're a twin, one of you dies, uh, that one identity, uh, that one presence, um, that one presence, um, say, is connected with you but doesn't understand that it's a separate personality than the live person, and that's where it gets distorting. Uh, in Freddie's case, what happens is that twin goes, hey, I'm dead. Uh, I'm totally awake. Uh, I know that I'm dead, but I'm just going to hang out. I'm just going to hang out with you and kind of understand uh, what human experience would have been if I was here through your eyes, through your body. So, uh, and Freddie was fine with that. So again, this is where it gets distorting. If you're both not understanding, right? that you're a separate beings in one space, right? it, it would get distorting. Like, again, that's where a lot of cases that I see. But in his case, uh, again, a fantastic turn of events um, where both identities knew who they were. Uh, and this is where Freddie, if you, say, talk to him or if you knew him uh, or even on stage that persona, he knew who he was, right? And the reason why that it, it goes more than, say, becoming when you met Treddy, even as a young child, uh, from what I'm seeing, is that, well, he, he, he knew who he was. Right? Um, very clearly, he knew who, who he was. So what that means is that, um, what that means is that, uh, and again, I might be repeating myself. So what that means is that when you have an identity that's so so aware, 
right? especially a timeless identity, right? your spirit, so to speak. I call it your vital force. Uh, they're so aware of who they are. And then they're attached to a physical identity, a physical rendering of who we are here. Right? That reflection between timeless and time-bound uh, identities is so crisp and clear, right? precision and clear, like surgical, clean. Um, what happens is that who's ever rendering, even if that personality or that spirit is not of you, right? it's connected to you, um, at such a deep level, that mere reflection of what that spirit is, right, or that your vital force, when when it comes time for, say, Freddy's spirit to render itself here, it understands, because again, it's, it has a mere reflection of to look at it, it creates such a perfection. And again, not physical, not physical things, but an identity of who that person is, that identity is not based on knowledge of this realm, like most individuals, right? They have an identity. You know, you tell somebody who they are. It's like, I'm a mother, um, so-and-so's, you know, spouse. Uh, I'm a doctor. I did this. Nothing like that. You still don't understand who you are, right? You are of, say, a higher knowledge spirit, having a physical identity here, Freddie knew that at such a deep level. And that's why his, um, some people will call it an identity crisis, if you will, because, well, although he would be more normal than your normal individual, right? How many people would you know? Uh, I only know Freddie. Um, how many people do you know that is that crystal clear on their identity? No matter how much success they have, no matter how much power they have, no matter how much whatever, you know, physical identities that they have here, I'm not knocking any of that down, but they still lack identity. So, um, again, very interesting. Let's go into the questions, and as more detail comes up, uh, we'll talk about it. Um, oh, so the twin... Uh, again, hopefully it was recorded um, in the first section. He had a twin. And they would collaborate together. Uh, so here's some of the questions. Uh, is what was and is music to you? Very interesting question. So if you if you listen to... Uh, if you listen to the first part of the podcast where I talk about um, the way he saw music uh, or colors or patterns, again, more so than of this reality, well, music was, say, a functioning or a rendering of, of or a reflection of what could be. So in his music, it wasn't just the words that he chose because the words, and that's what I think he was very, um, say, limited or I want to say frustrated because the words, uh, just think, there's so many words in, in you know the English language or any other language compared to the possibilities that could be. Now, for a person that has even expanded, say, the visual, uh, hearing and so on, uh, possibilities even more, well, those those meanings 
that he tried to portray or get into, you know, the, his music, well, they can't even be classified because there wouldn't be even be words or something that's so that's not doesn't even exist in this reality. So he was frustrated with the words. So although he and even at times frustrated with, say, the musical instrument because while they couldn't capture, you know, the sounds and so on, uh, right, or the the note that he could he could hear because because again nobody else could hear it even if even if he could. So what he did was um, um, that essence. And that's why his, his music is so say, enticing to many individuals because um, it comes from uh, the music, uh, although not captured completely, right? Um, that music still has, say, a timeless type uh, structure to it, or his words have a timeless uh, type structure. So it has depth. Right? So what was uh, in his music... Um, Hopefully that answered that question. Um, it says, more than a musician, uh, you are a legend. Uh, please share what makes one a legend. Uh, what sets Queen apart from all other bands? Um, well, so the other band members, from what I'm seeing, is that when they got together, because it couldn't, Freddie just couldn't be, say, a standalone because he had to have, say, components right, uh, of other individuals to, say, create this full spectrum uh, of music. Say that, you know, a human can, uh, I don't know, range from, say, zero to ten, right? Uh, and then Freddie could range from zero to, you know, 20 or 30. And again, these numbers are just giving you examples for clarity. So, he had to find band members that could go, what well, zero to 10, and then, you know, somebody to fill in, you know, um, um, uh, uh, well, um, let me re-clarify. So, say, normal human, you know, zero to five. Okay? Uh, and Freddie's no, uh, Freddy's range could be like zero to 20. So he had band, band members, right? Zero to five, and then five to 10. Uh, you know, 10 to 15, uh, 15 to 20. So in a sense, he would create a full spectrum. That's what made Queen so powerful. Uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was more than just say an integration. That's why, uh, by the way, when you, can, when you work at those levels, um, just think of it, you go off and you go off and, and, you know, try to create another band or go solo. You can't do that because then well, your music would be flat to you. It wouldn't work the same. Um, you always seem to be incredibly confident. Is there anything or anyone that would make you lose confidence? Um, it's a very funny question. Um, because he didn't see himself as confident. Uh, he was very unsure uh, of himself, although he knew who he was. He knew at a very, very deep level who he was. He saw the world, and the and he knew that the world saw him very differently. Just, uh, for example, 
you know, say you're from a foreign country, you come here, although you could be very successful, very confident, you know, in your culture, then you come to a new culture, uh, well, you're not so confident. So to him, it's kind of interesting that you asked this question. Um, yeah, he kind of, he kind of um, sees it as, well, ironic that somebody would ask him, you know, that question of, say, confident, because uh, again, very different. Um, type of individuals, you know, on stage and then in private as well. Um, but that doesn't mean he'd lack confidence. Uh, he goes way beyond, say, the confidence or how we label or define confidence. So, um, how do you receive your creative inspiration? Well, I, from what I've told you, uh, again, that creative inspiration comes from in that other realm uh, helped by his twin. Uh, again, this is another thing that goes back to this. Um, and by the way, I haven't read these questions. It's very interesting. Um, can you? T I haven't read these questions before. Um, can you talk about your ability, desire to break boundaries and creative challenges, societal norms? Uh, of course, you know, when you see the possibilities uh, far ahead of their times, right? So in the future, if you think about it, we'll probably have more of, more of an ability to see, say, more colors or more, uh, you know, shapes even, uh, so to speak, or uh, sensations and so on like that. Because, you know, our, our, our say, tools, uh, again, you know, our, our sense of touch, our, our ears, our eyes, uh, those would be upgraded. So, um so those are breaking the boundaries, and in sense, in turn, uh, you know, you would break the boundaries um, of anything, right? Any social norm, because you would see, say, a higher version of that self. Uh, you would see a higher version of, say, the potential of humans, uh, which gets into, say, more of his personal issues, um, and we'll talk about that. I'm sure there's a question on that here. Um, societal norms, yeah, creativity challenges, societal norms. So society, well, let's just talk about it here. So the societal norms, right? You're seeing an expansive human. Okay? Um, and I want to talk about that. Um, so an expansive human, you see the possibilities. But as you become expansive, Right? Those frequencies are different, say, than uh, what a normal body can handle. So that's why he had, say, some physical challenges with his body, although he had a ton of energy, right? This ton of energy, where did that come from? He ran from his potentiality that he had, uh, again, of a higher reality. Right? Um, sometimes, or a lot of times, what happens is that and again, there's not a, not a lot of people that run from that, but I run from that sometimes um, when I'm doing, you know, long events or so on, 13, 14, 16 hours, it can run straight because I don't operate from this reality. He doesn't operate from this reality. So your body can sustain itself. Um, don't need food, you don't need water, uh, you don't need rest, you, you again, energize yourself that way. But for him... Um, you know, 
resonating at such a frequency all the time. I go in and out, um, so it rejuvenates. But for him, again, it deteriorates the body, especially the body can't say keep up with it. So technologically, his body couldn't say advance uh, or hold uh, onto some of those frequencies. So it was a little weaker, but still pretty, pretty powerful. Um, so societal norms, again, kind of missed the question. Uh, the societal norm. So when you're seeing things from a higher perspective, you look at the way humanity runs, um, right? Uh, the norms, the standards, the cultures, uh, the moral, the morality issues and so on like that. You look at society and it's like, my goodness, um, it's not as optimal Right there's a it's a lot of confusion because well there's so many different say moral values moral objectives and he's going again more the way I look at it uh, he's going it's like well why can't we have a higher moral objective where it didn't matter from culture to culture and you know society to society or age groups or ethnicity or anything like that so he's more of that. Uh, more of that. So he would try to, say, push that higher, say, understanding. But as a note, though, I just want to make sure that although he was aware, um, he was aware that he was different, he, he didn't see it precisely the way I explain it. Right? So I'm looking at it from an outside individual, uh, again, looking at it more of a scientific uh, understanding on why he was the way he was, uh, although he had that clarity, he didn't know, um, he, you know, his twin brother. Although he knew that he would say converse with somebody, right? Uh, it, for him, it's like, oh, it's just somebody that I made up, or it's in my conscious field. He didn't go, oh, well, that's my twin brother. You know, he's of a higher say, spirit. He takes me into say different realms and realities. He didn't think of it that way. It's just like, wow, you know, I have these abilities. I, uh, and with this made up, say, makeup, uh, made up friend, because a lot of people, a lot of kids, especially, right? Uh, they make make believe friends. Uh, and most, most of the time, those make believe friends aren't so make believe. So in his case, his make believe friend wasn't so make believe, which would take him into those, say, other realms. Right? Uh, but again, more more real than what he thought. Um, uh, what awakened you to clean up and uh, cut toxic people out of your life? Uh, interesting question is that, you know, over time, as you, he's always, you know, it's always like he's always awakened. He's always um, seen, say, or wanted to see the best out of people, see the potential out of people. But then, he gave people more credit because he never really fit in. Not because you know he was different color, you know, you know the simple thing that people don't feel like they fit in, um, or they're not wearing the right shoes and you know all that garbage. Uh, he really didn't fit in because well, he chemically or frequency wise, he didn't fit in. So, um, so. 
and that's how he started to understand. He loved people say so much, and he trusted people um, um, uh, at a deeper level because he thought, well, they're humans; they know what they're doing, right? Uh, better than I would. So, the, well, you would trust or fall into uh, that trust, and then what do humans do? They fuck up a lot. Uh, they mistreat people. They mistreat themselves. They mis obviously they mistreat other uh, others as well. He started to awaken from that, um, and then taking the drugs uh, that he did. It's, um, it's it's more uh, the reason why, or the reason why he fell into that space is that you know the drugs in, in a lot of times would actually make him feel more human, more palatable, because if you're you know, if you're, say, one fish, all the other fish are, is, say, colored orange, you know, and the, the, you're that one fish that's not. You know, that's how you feel, right? Uh, you want to be, say, that colored orange. So the drugs, um, uh, unfortunately, addictions, um, that's why he would take. So it's a different reason than why most people, well, I guess it's the same, because I guess him and... Most people are trying to escape who they are, right? Again, individuals try to escape who they are by taking drugs, right? They forget about themselves. Well, Freddie, uh, he wanted to forget about himself and come into the human space. The difference is that humans want to forget about themselves and go to that higher space. So that's why I say it's a little different. Um, so as he awakened... It is that awakening space and that jarring feeling um, from what I'm seeing an event happened. Um, it's almost like he had a dream. It wasn't a dream. It literally, his, um, so when he would sleep uh, at times, and this is very distorting for him as well, um, that other identity would kind of come in, you know, and kind of teach him, clean him, clean him up and so on like that. Uh, finally, that other identity, they got to him. It's like, um, uh, from what I'm seeing, that other identity is um, like a bodyguard almost. So, um, uh, one event happened. He's just like, "Oh, I get it. Uh, I'm a, a, a more of a evolved human being than most humans." Uh, and that's where he kind of flipped it around, and instead of being you know, um, kind of blind and just loving people the way they are, uh, he finally realized, well, that people are really stupid. Uh, they do a lot of, say, cor corrupt things. Uh, and it's like, okay, I got to take back the control. Uh, and that's where he pulled away, just cleaned up more, a lot faster than how most people like would handle their addictions or, you know, break ties. Because once somebody wakes up like that, like he did, it's like, oh, that's the way it works. Well, uh, when it becomes that clear to you, and again, from a higher function, from a higher frequency, uh, once you come into that consciousness, well, just like Einstein said, um, once you, you know, if you're resonating in something, there's no way in hell that, he didn't say that, I'm just paraphrasing Einstein, there's no way in hell that, you know, that something will come into you. The same way, if you're not, if you stop resonating, you know, with just a snap, it's the way he did, well, the things around him, and he can materialize things rather quickly, by the way, um, it would obviously stop uh, around him. So the people 
uh, whether even if he liked it or they forced him, um, they couldn't hang out with him. Or, you know, those people that used to control him or destroy him, they couldn't hang out with him. Uh, talk about your family life, your father not accepting you. Sure. Um, and we kind of talked about that uh, as well. So father not accepting me is because father, again, very sensitive. He started to understand who, say, Freddie was uh, at a deeper level. And it wasn't about his homosexuality or anything like that. But it's like... And he started to notice that, well, he's not human. So his father from, a, from a, again, very sensitive, he's trying to pull him back into, say, that human status. But he just didn't know what to think about. Um, overall, a loving family, a caring family, maybe sometimes, uh, from what I'm seeing, a, kind of a, a, a suffocating family from, uh, from what he says. But the way he says, looking back at it, um, looking back at it from say a different or a higher perspective now, now that he's not here anymore he's telling me that you know they weren't suffocating they were just human so that's um from say a human standpoint i guess they would be the perfect family and the type of family that he would actually say engage in or wanted to be if he knew that this is what how human type families say existed um his father overall loving um, but in that culture, uh, the father had to be the disciplinarian and so on like that. Um, so coming from an old school of like having strong kids or having, creating strong, strong children, right? That's the father's role, so to speak, especially in those cultures. Uh, Freddie didn't see it that way. Freddie see it from a higher human perspective. So he expected things to be different. Uh, more of a intelligent or intellectual type process of understanding it or motivation versus uh, you know the normal discipline that unfortunately most families have. Uh, why did you begin calling yourself Freddie uh, and then ultimately changing your name to Freddie Mercury? Uh, and again, I don't know if you heard me say um, because it's again the recording here um i'll have to fix that <clears throat> so the reason why um i was seeing a school you might have been sent away for school from what i'm seeing um you know into a foreign country foreign land or the you know where they spoke english um and 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 and, and his name was farouk or for um turning into they called him freddy's and then the name stuck uh, from what I'm seeing, so um, so that's how Freddie came about. <clears throat> uh, Mercury, since uh, again he would go into say different realities, right? The stars, so to speak. Uh, he always looked up. Uh, why he chose Mercury? Mm, Mercury. Uh, Mercury to him was kind of a. Uh, he's telling me. He's telling me a vengeful say, planet or a vengeful frequency uh, to him. Um, and not vengeful in, you know, getting attacking back, but trying to, like, instigate people or um, trying to instigate, say, um, you know, when somebody, like, pushes you, you know, to be your best or questions you, 
um, you know, to bring out, say, all the bullshit that you, say, believe in. So for him, uh, Mercury, say, represented that that type of personality, or, you know, that instigator that, that would come on and push you, um, well, push you, push, push you or pull your weaknesses out, right? And show your weaknesses. So that's, uh, that's the, the Mercury part, uh, of his name. So, uh, and then Mercury also had, say, more of a masculine type identity as well. You know, more of a stronger bearing type um, identity that he wanted to portray as well. Um, which, and the reason why I say that, and it's probably in this question, um, the question is below. So, uh, as it, as he's telling me now, is that he didn't consider himself homosexual. Um. However, you know, if you are running from, say, a more higher standard of a human, you would, uh, and he didn't quite, yeah, from what he's telling me as well, obviously he wasn't, say, that perfect, higher level human, only in certain aspects. He didn't quite integrate. Um, so there was a, uh, at that level, if you're that higher human, you would hold well, a higher frequency of both men, uh, a manly frequency and a feminine frequency. Um, so for him being in a masculine body uh, and then running higher frequencies of both um, kind of distorted him or threw him off. So he would, um, he would err from what I'm seeing more of a, a feminine type frequency, hence you would be more of a um, yeah, homosexual type. Yeah. And by the way, I have no judgment on that. I'm just uh, trying to read it. So he was basically a little confused on on well, what should he be again different than say normal individuals who are you know um, you know heterosexual even, or homosexual, or lesbian, so, um, yeah, and anything else? Uh, so for the most part of his life, uh, I guess you could call him bi, uh, and again, not your normal standard definition of bi, okay? Um, but just running, say, more or higher, say, understanding, right? Because you're, you're more of that expansive human, like I talked about earlier with him. And, well, being female and male would also be more expansive, but again, not doing it quite right. Um, if he had to choose, so from what he's telling me, um, he would... He, so so what that means is that at spirit level, right, if you're awakened and he knew that he was running the patterns that I described, you know, from a third person perspective, if he had to choose, he would be female. Uh, if he had to do it again, so to speak. Uh, now that he knows what or how he's running. So, uh, by the way, he does know 
uh, as I talk to him, working on him as well, because even that consciousness, they can expand and evolve, right? Um, and that's what's cool about these uh, talk, these these segments that I do. Uh, it's not just for entertainment. Uh, imagine that I can help you tap into, say, the consciousness of a Freddie Mercury or Albert Einstein or whoever that you, you know that say interview that allows you to say leapfrog. So what that means is that you know you have your personality traits or you know level of intelligence or or potential. Now you're merging in with a consciousness, another consciousness. So you would say put your flavor of that consciousness into your consciousness. So now you're expansive, again, kind of leapfrogging. This is where inventions, this is where I can take people, you know, and there's, they have access to a certain level of invention or consciousness. Well, uh, say we jump into, say, an Albert Einstein, or in this case, uh, a lot of musicians. Listen to this, and maybe I could do a, a, a meta-healing on that. So if you want that, um, shout out uh, Moss EI. M-A-S-E-I, Masi, at massajani.com. Say, hey, you know what? Uh, I want to really integrate with, say, Freddie Mercury's consciousness to learn and expand or even see or sense uh, or experience what he felt. And we can do that. Um, so again, if you're interested in that, uh, email it to massei at massajani.com and um, I'll formulate that with Freddie. Um, uh, so where was I? Just give me a second to, uh, again, a lot of knowledge coming through. Uh, you've been known uh, to say you didn't want to grow old. What do you believe was the real reason why you died so young? Um, that's not the reason, by the way, uh, why you died so young. Although, uh, well, I'll just tell you. Uh, from what I'm seeing and what he's telling me or that consciousness is telling me is that you know if you're seeing this reality from a different set of eyes right not say not uh, not so much a higher a different level of human eyes uh, and you look at the possibilities that are out in different realities or different realms right aging is a myth that is created in this realm Um and it's not just you know theory. It's not what I say. It's not what EI says. It's not about. Uh, although that's what that's what we say. Not what's Freddie saying. If you look in other cultures, who take care of themselves. They have a different belief system. They eat different foods. They really don't age. You know, I was in the Amazon. Seventy-year-old uh, guy he looked like in his forties. Skin tone, hair, everything, in his forties. Right. So the way we age. That's the way Freddie didn't want to do it. He didn't know any other way, though. So, so um, at a conscious level, but at a deep intrinsic level, you know, deep psyche level, well, uh, he knew that aging was not, say, the right way to do it, uh, as well as other societal, say, norms. So, uh, uh, so that's why he didn't really want to age. Um, was there a reason? Um, so, so there's some knowledge coming in, but I just 
can't quite access it. So we'll continue on and I'll probably split this up into a couple podcasts. So I've been two. Look out for that. Uh, uh, hopefully that'll kind of uh, build up for me. Uh, very, very important though, uh, about the death space.